Hi there. Thank you for joining us on this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. We believe that this message will bless your heart and enrich your walk with Jesus. I want to just minister this morning from a title which I called An Appointment in Samaria. An Appointment in Samaria. In the book of John, John chapter 4, we see this beautiful interview taking place between Jesus and a Samaritan woman. Who knows the story? And this morning I'm going to preach from that title, An Appointment in Samaria. And I want you to really open your heart and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say for this season in your life. It starts off by this, and it says, John chapter 4 verse 1. It says, now, Jesus, when, now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had passed through Samaria. It says, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples. It says, he then left to Judea and departed again from Galilee. For Galilee. I want you to catch what's happening here. Jesus is hearing that apparently, amen, he baptized more people than John. And he's on his way to Galilee. He's currently in Judea, which is in the southern part. Amen. He's in the southern part. He's on his way north. And because of all the prejudices between Samaria and the Jews, the Jews made a really big effort not to go through Samaria. Amen. Who knows that? Because oftentimes we avoid prejudices. We avoid, if there's certain conflict, we choose to avoid it. So the Jews chose to avoid this place called Samaria. And Jesus is on his way to Galilee north, and he needs to pass Samaria. And deliberately he goes through Samaria to meet with a Samaritan woman. And this is what he says. Verse 5. It says, So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as as he is from from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the six hours. So that's 12 p.m., guys. That's midday, 12 o'clock. That's why they're drinking water, not breaking bread. Amen. And a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. And I want to just break this open for you quickly. I want you to know this morning that Jesus is leaving. He's going to north to Galilee. He passes Samaria. And it's at this place where he meets this woman. And when I started reading the scripture, I really felt in my heart that some of us, amen, are migrating from the south to the north on our way to Galilee, but we deliberately pass through Samaria. But God has an appointment for you this morning in Samaria. 
Often at times we choose not to go into conflict. Often at times we choose to go around certain things because it feels easier and we can just say, Lord, we quote the scripture, amen. We become all religious. But I want to tell you this morning that there's an appointment in Samaria. The miracle took place, not in Samaria. And if you're on your way to Galilee and you're trying to avoid this place this morning, I'm going to ask you just to stand still for a little second. Be obedient to the word of God and hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you this morning. Amen? All right. So this is what's happening. I'm going to try and... I always live myself into a story, so when I close my eyes, it's like I'm seeing myself at this place. And I want you to see yourself in the shoes of this lady this morning and what's really happening here. Because it's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing, and we're going to touch on that now. And it says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. See, we have this thing in, in corporate. Is there anybody in HR in church? Anyone in human resources? Come on, lift your hands. Hallelujah. Oh, there we go. And there we go. So when we interview people, we have what we call interview techniques. Have you heard about that before? And the one, of, one of the things we do, that's called a technique, and I'm going I'm to tell you what it says. <laughs> it says that you place an obligation on someone. So when someone is in an interview, you put yourself under their obligation. Who heard that before? You ask them to do something for you. Because when they felt they've did something, when, when something was done, there's, there's relationship, there's trust. So we asked him to do something for us. It's technique, okay? Now look at what Jesus is doing here at this well. The first thing he does when he meets this woman is this. He says, give me a drink. Jesus puts himself under obligation for this lady to give him something. This is the way he enters. He says, give me a drink. Knowing very well that a Jewish man was not supposed to speak to a Samaritan woman. Okay? He puts her an obligation and says, give me a drink. And this is how she responds. She goes away and says, the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman from Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? Now, she had to knew that Jesus was a Jew because she didn't know it was Jesus. I mean, you have to understand that at this point in time. We read this story, it's like she saw Jesus coming and Jesus, no, no, no. Jesus spoke to her. She didn't know this was Jesus. She didn't know this was the Messiah. And she says, how is it that you, a Jew, which tells us that Jesus was probably dressed like a Jew, amen? <laughs> okay? And she says, how is it like that you like to speak to me as a Samaritan woman? He asks her for something. And it goes further, and it says, For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans, and Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and what it is that he is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And he would have given you living water. And when I read that, it stirred my heart, and I'm going to preach for a little while, and then I'm going to go back. I want you to just hear what the Lord is saying. I want you to picture this story. 
we have Jesus with this lady. He's a Jew, not supposed to speak to a Samaritan woman because of the prejudices. And by the way, guys, prejudices are because of ignorance, amen? And ignorance are generational. Just for the church to know, amen? We're not ignorant. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. It gives us wisdom and understanding. And Jesus sits with her, and he asks her for a drink, and she responds. And he said, but if you knew, you would have asked me for living water. And when I read that, it stirred my spirit, and I said, Lord, if we as a church just knew, what would we have asked you for? I want you for a second just to think about that. Do you realize that when you pray, do you realize that when you speak to Jesus, when you speak to the King of Kings, you speak to the God who holds the earth and heavens in his hands? I want you just to realize that for a second. It made me believe in my heart that oftentimes we become so complacent, we forget it becomes a routine. We pray because Christians pray. Amen. But when I read this, I just realized again, that when we pray, when we speak to God, we speak to the God that holds everything in His hands. And He says, but if you just knew, you would have asked me to give you living water. It's like I felt that Spirit saying to me, Eckhart, if you just knew, you would have asked me. If you just knew. I want to ask you this morning, what are you asking and trusting God for? When you engage the King of Kings and the Lord of Hosts, what are you asking and what are you trusting Him for? Or is your response this? How is it, Lord, that you, a Jew, <laughs> has business with me as a Sumerian woman? When we speak to the King of Kings, God, God, the King of Kings, we have to understand that God wants to move on our behalf. We, want, we, we, we must know that God is faithful. Guys, I want you to hear my heart this morning. If you're in a situation, you're trusting God for something, you have to understand the power that is carried, amen, by what you speak and what you ask. But when we engage in prayer, we speak to the King of Kings that holds everything in His hands. And often at times our posture is one like the Samaritan women. We're so caught up in the religion and the situation of that day that we're forgetting who we're speaking to. The revelation was not yet there, amen, but the revelation is here. We are the New Testament church, amen. There's a revelation about God and the way He responds. And I want you to keep that in mind when we continue in the story. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing, amen. Verse 11, the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. And the well is deep. Where do you get the living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Everyone who drinks of this water will become a spring, a living well. And essentially Jesus was speaking about two things. He spoke to her about new birth, about being born again, 
And he spoke about our obligation as Christians once we are born again. Amen. We spoke about knowledge, knowing, and the physical application, the action that brings. And Jesus was essentially saying this. If you drink that water, you will thirst and thirst and thirst again. But if you drink from this water, you will never thirst again. So in other words, technically Jesus was saying, how would you like a drink that will quench your thirst forever? And I think walking to a well and trying to fetch water for your family every day, that would have been a good bargain for me. I mean, I would have said, I'll take it any day. If I have to walk here, 12 o'clock, just said, I'll offer you something that will satisfy you forever. And this is her response. Her response is this. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water again. And Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. And I want you to tell me what has her husband got to do with her trying to receive this water, amen? Go and call your husband. <laughs> Maybe she thought this is going to be like this heavy bowl of water. She's just going to bring it somewhere. From... No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> Jesus says, go and call your husband and come here. And this is her response. The woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. So in other words, Jesus was pointing out what? Jesus was pointing out her sin. Jesus was saying, you want this water, but in order for you to receive this water, we first have to address the issue. Go and call your husband. And she's like, I don't, I, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. You had five husbands, and this one you call your husband is also not your husband. You haven't signed the paper yet, love. <laughs> Amen? But I want you to catch what's happening here. I'm really trying my best not to. I'm going to go into preaching now, but I want you just to catch the story. I want you to catch the story. Jesus is pointing out a certain thing in her life that he wants her to deal with in order for her to receive what he has in store. Amen? And this is her response. I don't have a husband. Amen? I don't want to go anywhere. Just give me the water now. And then this is what the woman says. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Hallelujah. And I want you to just catch the progression here, guys. She starts off by saying, what is this that you Jew have to do with me? A little bit later, she addresses Jesus as sir. And now she says, I perceive you're a prophet. So she, he went from Jew to sir to prophet. Okay, amen. Can you see what's happening? Can you see the progression taking place here? That's a sermon on its own, guys. I want you to know if you're in the presence of Jesus, progression must take place. You can go from religion to being respectful, to having a revelation. Amen. I'm not going to preach that now. We'll get there, but that's the point. See the progression taking place in this conversation with Jesus. 
Hallelujah. But this is why. Once Jesus comes and confronts her with the issue she needs to deal with in order to receive what God has in store, she turns this into a theological debate. She turns it into religion. I perceive that you are a prophet. Oh, and by the way, I also wanted to know, and this is what she wants to know, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say, that's the Jews, that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, women, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you will worship the Father. Can we relate to that, guys? Just like I shouldn't teach. Often at times when the Holy Spirit convicts us and confronts us to deal with a certain issue, we find a theological smokescreen to say, <clears throat> by the way, Jesus, I always wanted to know, your Jews are saying, what, what has this got to do with her husband and the water? She's now trying to understand and saying, you saying we should worship on this mountain and they saying we should worship in Jerusalem. And she's trying to begin this debate with Jesus theologically. And when people come to say, you need to stop this, then we say, <clears throat> but the word says, it's not what goes into my mouth, it's what comes out of my mouth that defiles me. And we start these conversations about certain things, trying to shy away from what God wants to deal with in our lives in Samaria. Amen? Not in Galilee, in Samaria. And I want to... All right, let's, let's continue. We're going to get there now. And, and it goes further. And he says, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. Now Jesus responds with a theological answer. And then, and this is where the living water, amen, comes in. This is where, and then he goes further and he says this to her. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such a people to worship Him. Verse 24. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And when I read this, I realized I had it wrong all the time. God is not saying how we should worship God is saying where we should worship. We worship God in spirit and truth. That's not how we worship, guys. That's where we worship. She said, you said we worship on the mountains. Some say we worship in Jerusalem. Jesus says, no, that's not where you worship. Where we worship is in God, in the spirit of truth. That's where we worship. That's the revelation that he brought to her. Come on, guys. The Greek word literally says, verse 24, it says God is spirit. In the Greek Bible, it says this. Spirit is God. Not God is spirit. It says spirit is God, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and the spirit of truth. So in other words, that's not how we worship God. I have to repent. I mean, metanoia. That's what he's trying to teach her. Where's your husband? Because okay, this is what we preach. God says 
we worship Him in spirit and truth. That's, how we, that's not how we worship. That's where we worship. God's saying, for the hour has come that we will not put God in a box on the mountain, nor shall we put God in a box in Jerusalem, but we will receive His Spirit that brings power, and we will worship in God, in the Spirit of truth, on the earth. Living with Pretoria, is. Texas, London, wherever you are, that's how we worship God. And he brings that revelation to you. Amen. And this is what she, and then it goes further and says, Then the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us these things. And then Jesus says this, verse 26. I who speak to you am he. So now we're going from Jew to Sir to Prophet to Messiah. And the revelation keeps on coming as Jesus is spending time. Even though she's trying all the theological debates and trying to shy away from what, what, God, for what God wants her to deal with, the revelation keeps on coming. For Jesus is saying, it is He. And in verse 7, 27 says this, and when the disciples came back, they marveled that he was talking with the women. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people. I want you to catch this. This is our key verse today. This is what happens in Samaria. The woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people. What did she say to the people, guys? Amen. I want you to catch this this morning. Luke 19, Jesus goes and he speaks to a man. Zacchaeus. Do you know him? People didn't like him, amen? Do you know that people didn't like him? But Jesus goes and Jesus speaks to him and brings a revelation and uses the word born again, which he doesn't understand this rabbi, amen? But then eventually he gets the revelation and God uses him to influence the town. Now the reason Jesus had to go through Samaria is Jesus had to, had to get to this woman at the well whom he needed to understand what birth is in the spirit, and he didn't have to understand what her role is when he leaves Samaria. And that's the way Jesus did it, because Jesus couldn't be anywhere. He was still on the earth. The spirit wasn't there yet. So he had to influence people and get him to understand that the greater things are coming, I mean, and that there's power, and then they would go and influence those cities. You're not hearing me this morning. I'm going to try again. Jesus goes through and he speaks to this guy. He brings a revelation, and then later we see the city changed because of a connection and interaction with Jesus. Now we're in this place of Samaria, the place that all the Jews want to avoid because of the tension, but then Jesus chooses to go through this town purposefully to meet with a lady which you shouldn't have met with at the well to bring a revelation so that something can happen. This is what happens. Verse 39 Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the women's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. 
And then it goes further. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there another two days. Okay. So here we go. Are you ready? Wave your hands at me. We start off in Judea, south. We're on our way to Galilee. We're going through this town which people don't want to go through. But we make a decision to do it because we know there's an appointment to deal with certain stuff. Jesus meets this woman, brings a revelation, and says, I'll bring you something that will quench your thirst forever. And she says, I want it. And Jesus says, bring your husband. Amen, husbands. The water's not flowing in your house. I want you to hear these words. Bring your husband. Amen. And she says, I do not have a husband. And she says, you're right. You have five. And the one you call your husband now is not your husband. And then she comes with this debate about where we should worship. And Jesus brings this revelation that the time has come and the hour has come that we will worship now. Not in the mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but we will worship in God in the spirit of truth. And then after he touches her, which he did, I mean, otherwise she wouldn't have left the jar and go. She had to receive the living water in order to leave the jar with the, with the physical water, I mean, to go to Samaria. And she, go, and she went and speak, the word says, and she spoke to the men. I don't put all the scriptures in there because it's 40 verses. But the word says she spoke to the men. Who do you think she spoke to first? Her so-called husbands, amen. Because those are the men she knew. And she said, come and see this man. And something stirred in her heart. And this is how it ends. And many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the women's testimony. And I want to tell you today that people will get, amen, to go to heaven if you are willing to go through Samaria on your way to Galilee. So I came here this morning to tell you that God has an appointment for this church in Samaria in this season, and we shall not shy away from what His prejudices. We will not shy away from what the world says and what culture says and what everybody says. We will go to that place and meet with them at the well and bring a revelation so that when we leave and move to generations, that people will still be influenced because of our obedience. So if you thought you wanted to pass Samaria, I've got bad news for you. You've heard the word this morning, and once you've been exposed, you cannot be unexposed, so you can't go to God now and say, God, I didn't know. Now you know that God wants you to get to that place where you release. Amen? And here's the great revelation. John seven I'm going to end with this. It says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart. Pastor Vilmar said, our heart. Amen. Controls what we speak. Our words become custodians for the worlds we live in. Amen. I want you to catch what's happening here. Out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Out of his heart. In order for us, go back to verse 37, please. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me, guys. I want you to understand. The reason why we're not passing 
through Samaria is because we're not thirsty enough. It says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. And I want you to know the word says, blessed are those who hunger and who thirst for righteousness. And if you had a place in your life where you're not convicting certain things, where you're trying to go around what God wants you to do, amen, so that you can tell the people in Galilee, Ukraine, from Judea, yes, you did come from Judea, but you didn't go through Samaria. There's a difference. Is we have to get to a place where we thirst so that our hearts can be filled with the rivers, amen, of living waters so that we, like the Samaritan women, can go out and speak to people and say, have you seen this man? Amen. You might have said Jew. You might have said sir. You might have said prophet. But I want you to know this morning, there's a Messiah. There's a Jesus who gave his life for you and me so that we can receive that living water, so that we can go at that place and go and preach and minister the word of God so that people can be set free, so that many Samaritans can come to him and say, please just stay with us. And I believe that is what God is calling the church for in this season, that we will rise up and be bold and have faith to speak and know that God is faithful, that we will become custodians of that living water, not because we've received it, but because we keep on thirsting for it and we know that it fills us with rivers. And that when we go to business meetings and to visit people, they would say, Leslie, can you please stay another two days? Would you mind staying another week? Where Christians calls home and say, hey, lovey, I can't come home this week. I'm still prophesying. Amen. Because people need Jesus. And we carry that power. And I came here this morning to say this. Do not ignore Samaria. For whatever we tolerate, we invite into our lives. Do not tolerate what should not be tolerated in this season. Be bold and face what should be faced so that God can bless and release that living water and so that you can be a testimony to the world. Amen. 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 Come on, let's say, do you want more? <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about our ministry, visit our website at lwpe.co.za. You are formed to function, so let's build.